0: Thank you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Animation One-to-Ones brought to you by Squiggly.com. I'm Ben Mitchell and today I'm speaking with Marie Villard, a Quebec-based animation filmmaker whose latest film, Lolas, or Boobs, premiered earlier this year at the prestigious Annecy Animation Festival. Both equally poignant and witty, the film sees a young woman coming to terms with paper breasts that have appeared on her chest and lead her into increasingly unusual situations. As well as her work as an animator, Marie is also co-director of festival Stop Motion Montreal whose 15th edition kicks off this week. With Lolas presently at both Toronto's TIFF and Bristol's Encounters Festival, we caught up with Marie to learn more about her work. You started at, was it Concordia? Yeah,
1: yeah, I started at Concordia.
0: And was that where you first started animation or had you, like, dabbled in it beforehand?
1: Yeah, I did some before. I did, um, actually, there was an NFB uh, contest uh, when I was in CJEp, which is before university, and yeah, I like y- you could make a film and just send it to the contest, and then they would uh, put it back on the internet. And uh, yeah, I I knew I I always liked animation, like I liked everything that went from the NFB, and I did some with my dad when I was little, but I never really considered doing animation. Uh, when I was in school and then when I did that contest, it was like, oh, okay, I can actually maybe do this and maybe go learn uh, at Concordia to do mm. animation in my life. So, yeah.
0: What kind of animation was that? Was it like 2D or stop motion? or?
1: Yeah, it was uh, stop motion. Uh-huh. But, yeah. With plasticine or objects. I really liked that. Yeah.
0: So when you were at uh, Concordia, then it was that kind of the area you sort of stayed in, like doing stop motion?
1: Yeah, there's like a few uh, classes uh, or one. I had one stop motion class, actually. And the whole program is mostly 2D or but since it's actually university, you can do whatever you like. So I tried to. Um, when possible, do uh, my exercises in stop motion and try to specialize in that because that's what I like doing. And yeah. finally, I did a film in 2D here, but yeah. uh, mainly when I work with other people, I work in stop motion.
0: Hmm. So I also saw that you were involved in Hothouse like way back when, and uh, that's an initiative I've always kind of enjoyed checking in on, um, although when you were involved, it would have been a year or two before I actually started Squiggly. So um, I kind of missed that era. (laughs) But uh, it's been a great thing to kind of watch people sort of come up through that. So I was kind of interested in how that kind of came on your radar at the time and what that experience was like.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. I was just out from school, actually. So it was pretty weird for me to uh, do a film right away after after school, but it was great. Like it's so intense. Like I think it's it's three months, right? And mm-hmm. like you need to make a really short film. It was amazing. Like it's just so. Uh, it really prepares you to a professional make filmmaking. You know, with people around, with producers, and um, so it was really fun. And it, the other year we were in was focused on uh, stereoscopic three D so it was a big learning curve also to learn how to put things in two eyes and to make something like a sculpture you know mm.
0: so it was then projected in 3d yeah
1: but yeah since most of the festivals were in 2d like uh we we, we didn't see it really how it was intended you know mm. and i did some crazy stuff uh Influenced a bit by Theodore Rushev that was at the NFB at that time, and like doing one thing in one eye and not in the other, and like doing weird things that couldn't translate in two D. But yeah, I really had fun with, the, with the oh. technique. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. so had he been doing stuff like that at that point? Because I've seen uh, Blind Vaisha, uh, which would have been like four or five years ago, and that very much kind of does that. Like, but yeah, I hadn't realized he'd actually been kind of into that world. Um, or doing those kind of experiments so early on.
1: Yeah, yeah but Theodore Ryshev was already at the NFB at that time. And mm. I we had some conversations and I've seen some of his stuff. I don't remember what it was, but I, I remember he did kind of those things of like mm. having one thing in one eye and not in the other. And I tried, oh, like, this is really interesting. It's something we could can, can never do otherwise you know yeah and it happens in real life all the time Like that's what a reflection is you know it's a, mm. when something is shiny it's because it's shining in one eye and not the other and that's why it creates like a shimmering effect and yeah it was a big influence for me
0: <laughs> actually now that i think about it i think it was the, the concept of blind Russia was that the character saw different times in one eye and the other right but yeah the actual 3d version didn't do that or the one i saw it was actually just kind of stereoscopic but what you would see the 2d version of um and i remember kind of thinking at the time if an option might have been to have actually done it how it is in the film where you just get completely different visual information in one eye so yeah i wonder if that kind of came from what he was up to before it's interesting
1: Probably, yeah. probably. Yeah, I don't. Re- yeah, I've seen the his stereoscopic Vaisha, but I, yeah, mm. I have trouble remembering it. And we can't see it online, yeah. right? <laughs> no. Unless you have the, the, the Oculus sort of
0: thing. Yeah. <laughs> so a bit of a tangent, but uh, uh, so since then, have you? Did you continue to work with the NFB?
1: I did some contracts uh, working in animation on uh, short films, like uh, a short film uh, called the uh, Nadzin that was done by Patrick Perris. I did some animation on that. Yeah, so, and it's it's our community, right? So
0: hmm.
1: all of your friends, they, they evolve around the NFB and it's very much one of the centers of the Montreal community.
0: So I guess in between um those films did you also work on other types of animation projects like for studios or i know of course you do the festival but like from a production side of things
1: yeah yeah i'm mostly trained in animation uh, mm-hmm. for stop motion and that's what i like the most and mm-hmm. that's what i i do so i just um uh, i animated this year on a film uh, from raquel cincinnati and i also did uh um, a TV series for kids uh, where I did some animation this uh, this summer.
0: Uh, I also saw in your bio that uh, you've been involved with uh, cultural mediation projects, and I wasn't sure what that was, but I thought it was an interesting term. Uh, could yeah, you expand a bit how on? I not
1: translate it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like uh, it's basically um, trying to uh, uh, be in front of uh, maybe a class of kids and showing them some films, showing them your films, and um, making a film together with them. So um, it's really like um, both an educational thing of making them understand what it's like to be a filmmaker or in the animation industry, and as well to make them try it out and uh, to express themselves. And it's so satisfying to see kids like, they, they just love animation, you know, and everybody loves yeah. it, you know it's like magical, so it's really interesting to have them and um to create something with like them and mm. to see their creativity they can get sparks of crazy stuff going on and yeah, it's just really fun and it's fun also to see how well fun weird to see how um kids often it, it starts really early to judge your own self and judge your own creative abilities like they, they can draw and say like oh no my drawing's not good or like uh, and it's like no go ahead and just do whatever you like and uh, uh, i can come up also with a like 16 millimeter film and a projector and just starting to draw on on a uh, the strips of film and sometimes they're really like oh I'm going to make it really precise and everything and I'm like you know you can just draw all over it and just do whatever <laughs> and it's going to be beautiful you know <laughs> and it's really fun to like uh to see them look at a strip of film and seeing the projector and see how it works it's it like it, you see it click in their mind and they they're just so fascinated with that so it's fun
0: yeah fun. Yeah. <laughs> So, with your film, uh, Lolos, is playing at Encounters this month. It's also playing at a bunch of festivals. It's played at Annecy and uh, Toronto, I think, as well. Yeah, really, uh, really wonderful work. It's a really striking approach to this kind of mixed media filmmaking. It's um, kind of interested in, I guess, just the sort of overall genesis of the project, like uh, where it came from, how it came about.
1: Yeah, well, probably started at puberty right <laughs> i just felt like um boobs were not part of my body in a way like it was kind of a clash with them and yeah it's just generally generally hard to to live with them in a way mm-hmm. because it's such a symbolic uh piece of of your body and there's so many things attached to it there's Um, Attraction, there is feeding, like it's crazy to be able to produce food from your body. Just, um, there's also sickness, you can get cancer from them. So it's so many things mashed up in one piece of flesh. And I feel like I need to work to live with that daily, you know? Um, Mm. Yeah, it's been a bit of of a struggle. So, Yeah, it's basically on that.
0: So you'd say it's sort of more from like sort of personal experience than kind of observational or based on um, people you know?
1: Yeah, basically, yeah, I think it's based mostly on myself and on my my anxiety of like the next steps of my life probably. Like Mm -hmm. what is it to be able to breastfeed? What is it uh, to have cancer? What is it to lose your boobs or to have uh, surgery. So, yeah, but of course, I read a lot about boobs in general. And just working on that film, I got some people uh, coming up to me and talking about their own relationship with their boobs. So mm. that's been quite uh, fun and fun to like uh, remove some of the taboo around it. Yeah. I even met someone, uh, a woman that had. A, a mastectomy and she showed me the scar and she told me everything about how she needed to massage it and how it was hard for her to be losing that part of herself and how mm. much she loved her, her boobs and that she, yeah. So that's been really touching to, to open up that door with that project and that film.
0: It's interesting. There's a, another film in Encounters, um, which sort of deals with the subject, but in a quite different way visually. And that's something that happens every once in a while, like on the kind of festival circuit. And I'm sure it's something you see yourself is you'll get two very disparate films that kind of tackle the same subject. And this is a film by a woman called Anna Ginsberg, who I actually spoke to on this podcast uh, not that long ago. They both make interesting sort of points, I guess about that sort of duality of the body is something that's, you know, advantageous in certain respects, but then it's burdensome in others. I guess from a, a production standpoint, was this something that you pitched for to kind of get get it going, get like a crew together, or was it like independent?
1: Yeah, it was independent. Huh. Um, I needed to go get some uh, grants, so I actually write it out uh, many times <laughs> and changed it uh, – quite a few times I had a resident artist residency where I could write and rewrite my thing and do some tests. But mm. yeah, I, I've seen the, the, the phone you're talking about in encounters and mm. yeah, it's funny to see how it's like, uh, the invention of the wheel, you know, it's like, mm. or, or photography, like if everything, uh, many people can invent the same thing at the same time or have a, a view of it. There's even yeah. a, f- uh, a feature that's coming out of uh, uh, someone where her boobs is speaking to her. All right. Yeah. Um, with Salma Alien. So, yeah, that's coming up. And it's based yeah. on a uh, on a book of, uh, of someone talking about her relationship with breasts. So, yeah, it's all over the place, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: I think it's sort of emblematic of, I guess we're seeing more, from my perspective, thoughtful films that deal with anatomy and sexuality and autonomy and just sense of self and identity and how that is sort of interwoven with themes of like love and intimacy, but also just kind of life and living. Um, and I do feel like we've kind of turned a bit of a corner on that. Like it feels like the last 10 years, there's been a lot more really kind of interesting films that prompt discussion. I don't know if, if, if you agree with that, but, um, I don't know. I, I find it quite refreshing because I think that up to a certain point, you know, animated shorts about, you know, boobs would usually be made by male directors. They would be comedic. They'd be kind of goofy or surreal or, you know, Bill Plimpton type, you know. I mean, I like Bill Plimpton, but, you know, it was, there wasn't a lot of alternate uh, viewpoints coming across.
1: Yeah, that's true, I th- and I think it's important to have this female perspective on boobs. Like, I mean, I don't think we have much of it. Uh, and yeah, I totally agree that it's it's been a trend also to to focus on the body and to come back to it. But it's I think it's like a circle or it's a cycle. Like, we go into it and then we lose it, and it's gonna come back and uh, in art history over time, I guess, and. I, I, I'm maybe you know Laurie Malepart traversy as well. That yeah. she, she did a, a film on the clitoris. So yeah, it's all all linked. Yeah, Evansler's uh, monologue of the vagina is that is that the translation uh, in English? Yeah, but, was... but yeah, it's like it's. I wanted to have something similar, but for boobs, because yeah. I felt that we didn't talk about it much.
0: So, yeah you mentioned that it changed when you were applying for grants and stuff. Was that like the, the the concept of the film or the story of the film or like the look of it?
1: Yeah. The look of it changed a lot. Like I, I um, did some grants. I knew I wanted to have some cutouts, um, Mm. but I got like, you you know, you apply for grants and then you get a no and you're like, Oh, what can I do? And then you call them what's happening or you can get some feedback and then, Uh, and yeah so it's changed a lot but the concept was still the same was just like how how do i portray that and how do i bring it up uh in a structured way you know
0: do you feel that it's it's better for that process like having had more feedback and being sort of guided i guess to change the visuals
1: yeah well they don't really give you like much of what to change or else that like there's something that's not working or that the structure is not working. But yeah, I think as an independent filmmaker, you need to find um, like a crew or something or people around you to give you feedback. Mm -hmm. Like you have in school that's so important is to have like your teacher and your classmates to be able to discuss about your film. Or if you're in a a production at the NFB or in a professional production, having a producer where you can bounce back ideas or people around again and in independent filmmaking you don't have that much of a authority figure where you can discuss your ideas so you need to like bring people around or have discussion sessions with other people.
0: So yeah certain like elements I guess of the visuals that kind of worked I thought particularly well. I mean the idea of the kind of detachable nature and them being sort of like photocopies adding this kind of tactile element, was that always in it as a sort of visual concept?
1: Yeah, yeah. Very early on, I thought mm. like I needed something to separate from the the, the girl and her boobs to have something uh, visually different. Like they're mm. coming from two different worlds. Yeah. yeah, it was there very early on.
0: Yeah. I guess the other thing that kind of knowing your other work and, and your interests... Was a stop motion element ever kind of on the table as far as this film goes?
1: Yeah, well I thought of the cutouts a bit like stop motion in mm-hmm. a way um, and finally I had so little time to do my film that I asked someone else to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Two animators, Vincent Aitier and Mathieu Girard did the, the, the cutouts. But um, yeah, I wish I could do a, a stop motion film at some point but at the same time, I just feel like since I'm so into stop motion in general i it's just hard for me to imagine me doing it in a way because you see like big productions and like big spaces uh, wonderful puppets, and then you have a tiny little budget uh, for an independent film and you don't know where to start and i I actually I don't think. It would be a good film in stop motion, you way know, either. Like I needed, I needed 2D and I needed uh, rotoscopy to have uh, the the reality aspect of it and also the imagination. So I think I, I chose a technique that fit best for the for the film mm. with the with what I have there and what easier to manage in a way. Um, my studio is like baby small, yeah. <laughs> I just need pencils and um, paper, basically. So that's, that's
0: quite fun. When it came to the rotoscoping then, so are you the like primary performer? Yeah. But you had other people as well. I mean, is it tricky, I guess, directing or getting a performance out of people when it's going to later be kind of put into an animated environment? So do you film that first and then do the layout or do you do the layout first?
1: Yeah, I filmed that first and hmm. and then I rotoscope on top. But okay. yeah, you know, it was a well, it was people I knew. It was my me, my sister and my boyfriend, so it was really easy in a way. Mm-hmm. Like they they know me and I guess since it's rotoscopy, you just need to accentuate a bit more what you want to play out, because if it's too subtle, it would just get lost Mm. and having a good silhouette. But uh, other than that, um, it was a really fun process of filming that and also a bit weird. Like I I did film myself uh, almost naked most of the time. Mm.
0: Uh, You mentioned before about when you were making the film and how it kind of opened up. some interesting discussions and um, you learned some things. And given that it's gotten some pretty major exposure through some of the the really quite big festivals recently, uh, has that in and of itself led to any kind of interesting feedback or reactions or discussions from it?
1: Not yet, I must say. (laughs) It's weird because um, it's all online, so it's very much Mm. abstract. I haven't had a real um, audience yet. Uh, where I can sit in an audience with with people I don't know and just see what comes, uh, where they laugh, where they they feel like uneasy in a way. Mm. So I've just um, looked at it with friends or family members that get, that I could have some feedback from, Mm. but yeah, that it's been interesting as well to have this really micro like, uh, screenings or feedbacks yeah that's interesting as well and yeah people do uh, tell me that they reflect about their own relationship with boobs um i think women uh, relate to it uh, on a more personal level mm. um but i did have some men as well that that did uh, reflect on boobs and one of the most satisfying comment i got is that someone told me he wanted to speak with women you know yeah. and so that's if the film can do that i mean the this perfect okay like, i think we need yeah. to talk about that so it, it would be fun if i would be part of the conversation <laughs> or like <laughs> <just> <laughs> have a an echo of like like yeah of the discussions but yeah I, it's fun to, to generate
0: discussions. Yeah. No, I did enjoy the the sort of segment in the film that kind of uh, addresses the sort of male gaze component of the whole thing. I thought that was really nicely done. I also quite like that it was sort of done with marine life, just sort of had that kind of like surrealism, I guess. Um, before uh, before we go, it'd be great to talk a little bit about uh, Stop Motion Montreal and uh, it's kicking off um, this month and you have been the co-director. Is it this the third year now? Yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, yeah. How did you come to uh, take that position? You've been part of the festival previously.
1: Yeah. I've been a, a volunteer actually at uh, just, um, stop motion stations where kids and adults can test stop motion mm-hmm. and then I've taken more and more responsibilities up until now. So yeah, I think the first thing I, I said to Eric Boulet, the founder, is like, oh, I think we need some grants. You need some grants. Let's let's talk about that and I can I think I could uh work on that. And yeah, I jumped on board and got more and more involved.
0: So do you have a hand in like the uh the actual programming and curation side of things as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. I um with Dominique, we uh, do the program t- programming together, and I like a lot of uh, to search for stop motion films and to actually uh, ask filmmakers to send the films. It's one of the the aspects I I like the most to, to be in touch with artists and yeah. also to have interviews with them, which I just did last yeah. week. It was really nice.
0: I was you know, filmmaking and film curation—they're quite different beasts. Um, but have you found that being involved in sort of both camp does one help the other? Like being involved in festivals, does that help with your own filmmaking?
1: Yeah, totally. I feel well, it, it could be in a way it's really inspiring because you so you see so many films and then you can kind of pick out like what works in that film. And even if you've even if you look at films that are quote unquote not good, you there like you can learn something from it and like oh well why is it not working and and just being immersed in in films is just really a great uh inspiration mm-hmm. but it can also block you like oh i just saw like 300 plus films this year why do i need to put another one in the world you know mm-hmm. but um yeah it's generally really, really inspiring and also uh to be a filmmaker you have the aspect of like what what's interesting for an artist in a festival and how do you need to take care of them in a way or what's what's yeah just basically knowing what's important for them mm. and making this the center of your festival in a way There yeah. there's the filmmakers in this there the audience but yeah if you have don't if you, if you don't have films
0: what, what do you have I mean, as far as this uh, year's edition of the festival, is it going to be online or hybrid or?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. going to be online. It's going to be all over the world so everybody can see the films. Not every festival does that and we understand it as well. But we want to like, spread the passion of stop motion and have it accessible to everywhere because it's a really small community but it's really spread out across the world and we want to have that moment
0: everyone together. On that note, you can check out the full lineup of what the festival Stop Motion Montreal has to offer by visiting StopMotionMontreal.com. You can also see more of Marie's work at CargoCollective.com slash MarieV, and don't forget you can catch Lolas at the Encounters Festival all this month by visiting Encounters.film and grabbing yourself a pass. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast feeds wherever you get your podcasts, as well as our YouTube channel. You can follow Squiggly on Instagram, at Squiggly Animation, we're at Squiggly on Twitter, and Squiggly Magazine on Facebook. And Keep checking into our main website, squiggly.com, for more animation podcasts, news, interviews, the works. I've been Ben Mitchell for squiggly.com, until next time, goodbye for now.